It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Denver Sports and host of Denver Nuggets podcast. Uh, let's try that again, Adam. Uh, Mile High City. I would have thought you would have been two zip up against the Heat, but it wasn't to be. Uh, is it? Was it the, the, the Nuggets just didn't put them away? They had they had the game there to be won, didn't they? I, I think they did. You know, they made that big run in the second quarter. The energy in the building really picked up, and you had all the momentum. But you have to tip your hat. This Miami Heat team, I think, is the single toughest team in the NBA in terms of physical, mental toughness. They don't break. You can't break them. You have to just keep your foot on them and, and keep them down because if you give them any life, they'll come back. And that's exactly what happened in that fourth quarter. What's the, what's the key to stopping them? I mean, I, we saw the Celtics do it on a couple of occasions, but it wasn't enough to get over the top. They lost that series 4-3. Mm. But there were a couple of games where they managed to stop Jimmy Buckets getting the ball. Is that the key for the Nuggets? You know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the key. He's been fantastic. What I think it is is game plan discipline, especially off ball. They have some great shooters who are capable of getting hot, making a lot in a row. But you have to be disciplined with the way you switch off ball. And I just went through a rewatch, watched the game for a second time. Denver's switches off ball, their defensive game plan discipline off ball was really poor. And whenever that happens, it's wide open three-pointers for their best three-point shooter. So Jimmy Butler will have adjustments to his game. I think he'll be more of a factor as the series goes on. Mm. But game two, to me, was all about the off ball game plan discipline. Yeah, they started getting open looks, particularly off that first play, or Kevin Love when he missed Gabe Vincent and he gave him the look. But I want to ask you about the conditions. There's a lot of chat about the conditions. No one has gone to uh, Denver and obviously and, and beaten them. That was their first loss in the playoffs. So the conditions, was there a big change? Because I've been thinking about the, the threes in game one, they just couldn't get anywhere near the basket, and it was a struggle. So game two, they made those adjustments with the conditions on offer? Yeah, so if you're talking about Miami's conditions, I, I'll tell you where I think that it all began. You start Kevin Love, and that allows you to put Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray. And I think a lot of teams look at Denver and say, you can't stop Nikola Jokic, but maybe you could stop mm. Jamal Murray, and that cuts the offense in half, right? So I think that putting Jimmy Butler on Murray really slowed Denver a little bit and made it more of a two-point battle for Denver, not getting a lot of assists, not getting a lot of threes. But it also led to Murray having to guard Jimmy Butler the other direction because you don't want to get cross-matched. And that put a lot of strain on Denver's defense, having Murray have to guard Butler and then having players like Michael Porter Jr. and KCP having to fight. So for me, that it all started on the other end by having Kevin Love on the court, which freed up Jimmy Butler to be a defensive ace. Speaking of freeing up, Sorry, sorry, Kimby. Speaking of, speaking of freeing up, um, 
would you know they allowed Nikola Djokic to score more. He scored 40, 41 points in game one. He was a bit more of an assist. He got his triple double, and you know we love seeing yeah. that. Was that part of the plan, allowing him to free him up? Would that allow the opportunities for for the Miami Heat? Did they walk them into that game plan? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a well-known game plan so that if Jokic beats you with scoring and passing, then you're cooked. So if you could just take away one or the other, and I do think that they tried to force Jokic into being a scorer, and he did a decent job. I think he can even do a better job of it. But more than anything, it forced guys like KCP and Michael Porter to go long stretches without touching the ball, long stretches without getting open looks. And I think for Michael Porter in particular, he's a player that loses his defensive focus whenever he's not involved in the offense. I think you need to be mentally tougher in the finals. And I think in game three, he's going to have to find a way to impact the game even without scoring. But I think that that more than anything, less about making him a Jokic a scorer or a passer, it's more about making Michael Porter fall out of rhythm. And they did a great job of that last night. That was by far Porter's worst game of the playoffs. Hey, Adam, they're talking about um, the Heat Celtics being, you know, too much of a grind uh, coming into this this NBA Finals. And then, you know, you've got the Nuggies there that have just waltzed in. And, and it looked like to me that they were a little bit flat. Um, and, and no one's talking about Adebayo and the, and the importance that he, you know, he's come out and had a bit of a game himself too. So how, is, how, how important is Adebayo um, to step up alongside Jimmy Butler? Oh, supremely important. I mean... But on both ends of the court, he's a rare example of a guy who plays at a high level on offense and defense, guarding the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, and making it hard. I mean, look, Jokic had 41 points, but he still made him work for those. You know, it wasn't an easy 41 points. And then on the other end, he made enough plays, both as a passer and as a scorer, to make Denver have to work on defense. But I like the point you made first about, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, they coming off a seven-game series, are they going to be tired? This Miami Heat team, their mantra all year is that you wake up every day and you suffer. And that's life, and that's their road to, road to, the, to winning a championship. Don't wake up thinking you have an easy day. There are no easy days. There's no easy moments. There's no easy seconds. It's all suffering. So if you think this team is going to get tired and quit, they have been training their minds for seasons to be ready for the pain and suffering that comes with having to try to win an NBA championship. So I have a lot of respect for them. They are not going to fold under any circumstances. So you're heading away to Miami for the next two games. Uh, do you need to get one on the road there? Or are you confident bringing it back to mile high and, and, and having the altitude in your favour down the stretch will get you home? I, I am. And, and Denver's a great team. They've been locked in for most of this playoffs. I think that last night was a little bit of a, a, a relaxed game from them. You saw they started the game down 10-2, to two, clearly not ready for the intensity of the game. They started the fourth quarter down 13 to two again not ready for the intensity that goes up in the fourth quarter so i think that both of those things caught denver off guard they hadn't lost in 27 days whether home or on the road and i just think it was a reminder that hey you don't get to be in third or fourth gear at any point at this level you have to be in fifth gear the whole time you have to be locked in and i expect that denver will adjust because they've adjusted all playoffs long what about the impact from Kyle Lowry? Obviously, a title with um, the Raptors. He's coming. And in game one, I was watching, he was trying to lift this team. He's hugely vital for this Miami Heat if they're going to continue on on this run. 
Oh, no question about it. He's a veteran. He's smart. He doesn't make mistakes on the defensive end, which is, you know, if you make a team beat you, you don't allow, you don't beat yourself. That's half the battle in basketball. But the other thing that's happening with him is Jokic is guarding a lot of pick and rolls. And some of the time he gets to drop down. If it's Jimmy Butler, a few other guys, he can drop down in the pick and roll. But when it's the shooters like Max Struess or Duncan Robinson, he has to play all the way up. In game one, he dropped on Kyle Lowry. It allowed him to play safe, to play relaxed, to play easy. In the fourth quarter, to your point, Kyle Lowry started making those pick-and-roll threes off of the dribble. And so, in game, and he made one in game two as well. So that forces Jokic to use a little bit extra energy, stepping up to the three-point line and guarding in space. And that's just an extra challenge. So uh, if he continues to make shots, it's going to be a major X factor in game three. Adam, talking about making shots, like they, they keep coming back, the Nuggets. So, you know, the heat, heat we're putting them under pressure and at the end of the quarters they're coming back. Now, are you, a little bit, are you a little bit worried that they have the chance to at least draw the game, take it, in, take it a little bit further yesterday, and they couldn't get the job done? They've done it defensively to stop the heat, but went back down the other end. And I, I thought, oh, here we go, they're going to they're level it up. And they didn't make that shot in an NBA final. Is that a bit of a worry? Um. You know, I don't know if it's a worry. Denver fell behind by, I think, 11 or 12 points in the fourth quarter. And it was a little bit of a miracle that they even got close enough to take a final shot, to, to be within striking distance to, to maybe steal the game. But if Murray and Michael and Michael Malone said this after the game, if Jamal Murray would have made that shot and Denver goes to overtime and wins the game, they would have been lucky. They would have stole the game. So in some ways, I think it is good for Denver to have to go to the tape, see all the mistakes, look themselves in the mirror, and now adjust because I truly believe that the Denver Nuggets are a better team. And I think that if they bring the requisite focus and discipline and energy into game three, they're going to walk away with a win. So this would hopefully be a wake-up game and a wake-up moment. And if Murray made that shot, I just don't know if it would have been that. Adam, give it to us now, mate. Get the, get the, the Nuggets eye patch off. Uh, what <laughs> is the series score? What's, how's this going to be sorted out? I, I still think Denver walks away with this one, and I think they get it in six games. I came in thinking it would be five. I thought Denver would win both of these games, but um, I still think Denver has more outs. And on rewatch, there's a lot of things Denver can do now to adjust. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Porter plays a lot less in game three. Bruce Brown plays a lot more. They need def- defense and, and, and execution, and Bruce Brown provides that. So I think Denver's going to find a way to split these next two and push this back even coming back home to Denver. Good stuff, Adam Marius. Thank you very much for your time today, sir, and keep up the good work at the Denver Nuggets podcast and at Denver Sports, eh? Thank you so much, Cheers, guys. Adam. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, it is 18 past eight here on SCNZ. It is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. We were talking about... Uh, before we were talking about NBA, we were talking about the hardest buggers you know and, and New South Wales and uh, what they do for Origin. There's an interesting text that's come through. Uh, Izzy, I would like to get your take on this. Mm. I remember getting a timely placed right elbow from Kempe, Bears v Suburbs, early days. That doesn't, Ooh, it must be a different early. Kempe. Must be. Who? Doesn't sound like our Rob, Kempe. Who's that? Who did you elbow, Kempe? There's about eight of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a mis- missed identity, that one. <laughs> is that Glenora Bears, is he saying? No, no, that's the Waitara Bears oh, up against uh, number two suburbs in town. That, like back in those days, that game, it's like your local game, is he? Tamatea, mm. when they would have had a team that they played against. This, this what game down in Taranaki at the time. 
uh, Western Suburbs versus Waitara Bears used to be like, mate, couldn't you couldn't get it was standing standing room only. Bookie could have parked was sold out when those finals were playing. So, mate, you were you're running with the elbows quite high back in those days because they didn't <laughs> tackle you around the waist. <laughs> Uh, just to fend them oh, off. Uh, we were so almost good. as high as uh, Suwali's knees. <laughs> like this, like, like this. <laughs> Kempi, you would have had to, you would have had to jump to get that elbow. Up. You would have been like, come here. Cut it out. I'm not that short. <laughs> uh, this you would have copped a couple. Uh, this one from Ed as well. I've got one, but it's anybody who's ever played 85 restricted rugby league. I watched a game Otara versus Odahu. The hits were brutal, fast-paced, clean hits. Tough fellas. Thanks for your text, Ed. Keep them coming through. Double A. Eight double three. It is twenty past eight. This is Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.